Welcome to the Pray Tell Stories podcast. Grace and peace to you and your family. Our mission is simple. We pray, we tell stories. May these prayers and stories encourage your heart and refresh your spirit. You can follow us at anchor.fm forward slash pray tell. Thanks for listening and Maranatha. Greetings, my family and friends. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, Forgotten Rest. Did you know that God wants us to rest? That He has designed us for rest in His presence? It's so easy to forget this calling and forsake this daily invitation from our Heavenly Father to experience and enjoy resting in the Holy Spirit. We have collected prayers and stories about God's rest from six leaders serving Jesus Messiah in diverse fields of missions and business. Let's begin with my brother Rob asking God to help us experience his love. Next, my son Aiden will pray through some of God's names. Then, we will visit Nashville, Tennessee and pray with Steve, who will tell a story about the dangers of measuring our significance by our success. I just feel like I'm continuing to pray for this beloved identity, that we are your beloved, that we are your sons. And more than any earthly father, you love us so well and so perfectly, and you want what's good for us. You've designed us and created us for such a moment. You've knitted our hearts together for such purposes. And Lord, I just ask that you would let it, let the penny drop further. More revelation of how loved we really are. The fullness of our identity in you as sons and brothers. And so, Lord, I ask for that identity, that beloved identity. I ask for that rest, deep rest, and, the, and that peace, that freedom. And, Lord, then, then that joy that becomes strength. You are our shelter and our shield. You are our fortress, our deliverer. You are the one we can trust. As we obey you, as we abide in you, as we rest your finished work and you break every yoke as you make straight our path as you overtake us with the divine appointments and connections and provisions lord just may we not strive may we receive every good gift for your purposes because continue to line up our understanding of these things we love you Hey guys, it's Aiden. Let's remember some of God's names. Here we go. Gate, Doctor, Bread of Life, God of Israel, Messiah, God of Jacob, Healer, I Am Who I Am, Almighty, Amen, Banner, Chief Cornerstone, Crown of Glory, Creator, Deliverer, Eternal Life, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Good Spirit, Good Teacher. Okay, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this lovely day. Um, 
I thank you that I'm doing this, doing something I'm starting to do now. It's nice, um, and I pray for all these people that are listening to this. I pray that you'll help them be encouraged by this, because they, because then they'll just try doing it, it on to other people, and they'll like it, and then they'll do it around the world, and people will be like to do this Christian stuff. Um, and I thank you that you created us. It's just an honor to be here, and people are dying every day. It's sad, but. But whenever we die, we go to heaven with you, Lord. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, bye. Let's pray together. Father and friend, creator of all nations, lover of all peoples, will you come now and and quiet our hearts and still our minds and let us focus our attention to you. May we listen well to your spirit. Lord, we know that you're speaking. Lord, may we continue to hear well. And Lord, today we we ask for rest. You're God that gives rest. You're, you're the God that created rest. Lord, you're the one that even says that in resting we'll be saved, in quietness is where we find our our strength. Lord, you tell us to cease striving, to stop, to relax, to let go, to acknowledge that you are God and you will be exalted among the nations and you were exalted in the earth. You have this. So Lord, I pray as wherever we may be today, wherever we're listening to this today, that we would realize that it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom, that we are your sons and daughters. We are not slaves. We are sons and daughters. We are heirs. So Lord, we can rest in that. We can rest in your love for us, that you bestow this love upon us, that you call us your children. That's why the world doesn't know us, because they don't know you, and we are your children. So Lord, as we wrestle, Lord, may we let go. Lord, may we realize that you are the Lord of Sabbath, and that Sabbath isn't just a one day a week, though it is. Lord, it's more than that. It is actually a continual acknowledging um, that in rest is uh, dependent on you. Lord, may we be, Lord, as the, the farmer goes to sleep and starts his day with rest actually that's the way the calendar is designed that we would actually start our day on rest and he wakes up and he looks outside and he sees all the things that have grown and all the produce and all the wonderful flowers that have blossomed and he sees everything and he thinks how did this happen because you did it you did it you're the lord of the harvest you did all these things 
And Lord, that we would be uh, as our Jewish friends and realize that our day starts with rest. We start with it. Lord, not that we end with it, not we just collapse and say, I'm so tired and exhausted and now I'll rest. But Lord, I pray that you give us true rest, freedom rest, rest that comes only by resting in you, not just physical, but that spiritual, emotional, mental, even rest, Lord. So thank you. Thank you for hearing our cries, our pleas now. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us enough to create rest, to give. You are the giver, God. Thank you, Lord. We ask this in your powerful name. Amen. Hello, family. I'd like to tell you a story. It's a personal story, but it's one that I think we all can relate to. Back in college, my campus minister would often say that it's okay to be busy, but just don't be in a hurry. I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. However, everyone claims to be busy and talks about being busy. Even this week, a friend of mine asked how he was doing. He said, I'm just trying to stay busy. And I remember thinking to myself, that is the total antithesis of what I'm trying to do. I also had another friend say, thank you for making time because I know you're so busy. And I stepped in and said, well, that's actually not true. Uh, I enjoy spending time with you and I'm not busy. However, I, I used to not be that way. Um, I used to think that the more that I traveled and the more meetings I had and the more dots I had on my eye calendar uh, was showed my significance, showed my importance, my worth, my value, and that it showed that people actually needed me. So I was thriving off of that. So when people say, man, you're so busy, you're doing this and doing that and traveling here to there, and I realized that um, I actually was really going almost uh, crazy in that and seeing so much burnout and even telling one boss at one time, I've got to quit this job because I'm going to lose my soul if I don't, because I was traveling so much. So what I really thought was, I just needed to rest. And so I needed a vacation. I needed a break. I needed to maybe take one day off more a week or do something like that. And maybe that helps. But what I come to realize is that there's a difference in rest and there's a difference in resting in the Lord. And yes, I need to have physical rest, but also resting in the Lord. Um, I saw was this big difference because what I was doing is I was trying to do things out of a sense of gaining love rather than doing them out of the fact that I already am loved. And I just started thinking about these different passages that I just want to share with you that have just helped me a few things. One is just this idea that our day really actually starts with rest and understanding the calendar of that, that we go to sleep um, and then we wake up and things are there. So the gardener and the one that plants and the farmer is thinking, how did this happen? Because he didn't toil through the night. 
and he didn't work. He actually rested and woke up and there were things new and there were these new mercies and there were these new flowers and these new plants and these new things and new beginnings that the Lord gave. And another passage that sticks out to me is in Psalm 127. It says, useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, eating the bread of anxious toil, for God gives rest to his loved ones. And yet I thought that by me working long hours, by me doing those things. And here's the other thing. I thought if I didn't work hard, that I was being lazy. That as someone that's in ministry and even someone that's raising support, how can I rest? How can I show this to people supporting me? I need to prove that I am doing something by them giving me money. I need to show them that uh, I'm having these meetings, I am meeting with all these different individuals, I'm sharing with these people, I'm casting vision, I'm doing more. And I see that all the time with other pastors and leaders and individuals of saying, I don't have time, there's too much to do, there's a sense of urgency. And yet we see that we're told over and over again that that in rest we are saved, in quietness we find strength, that we're told to cease striving we're told in Psalm 37 that we rest in the Lord and wait patiently. And then he goes on to say that fretting only leads to evil doing. And I realized that I am one that frets a lot. And I had to confess that and, and continually confess those things uh, even to this day. And so I say all that because um, just being reminded that he has done all of it. He gives us those things. He gives us rest. He gives uh, us all these things. And then also I remember that the Sabbath is holy. It's set apart. It's consecrated. That's an interesting thing to ponder more. Is and It's not a thing or a person, but it's a day that is set apart. And what does it mean to Sabbath on a weekly basis, but even a daily basis? I just want to end with this passage here. It's from Matthew 11, and we know a lot of this. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to him, and he'll give you rest. But I want to read it out of this version here. It says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and I will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I pray that even for us now, brothers and sisters. I'm thankful for Steve's encouragement to cherish rest as a generous gift from our Savior King. Father, please help us to see your rest the way you have designed it. Help us, Holy Spirit, to come to Jesus and receive strength and fresh vision every day. Next, let's pray with Don in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and listen to his story about a Russian friend in Siberia with no fingers.
Abba, Father, um, I want to thank you for what you intended us to understand and learn and enter into through Jesus. Uh, I remember 35 years ago when you first revealed yourself to me when I was a young man um, I was told about the wonder of your perfect life Lord Jesus and your sacrificial death all the love that was behind that Lord and the power behind it to cleanse my sin away and and give me a chance to be justified and get right with you and then to learn about how your resurrection guarantees mine thank you for all of this but in the here and now Lord we're invited into a life of, of abiding in you where the very life of the Holy Spirit courses through us in fullness and Lord, I, I see something that is tragic, uh, something that I ask that you remedy. This idea of um, the rest, the rest of God, um, what we're calling forgotten rest. Uh, everybody's so busy. There are people probably listening right now who are in the midst of chaos, burnout, uh, fatigue, tiredness disillusionment, disappointment because it's so, so exhausted, wondering if they're enough, they're doing enough. If they stood before you right now, would you say, well done, good and faithful servant? Who are maybe struggling with their identity about what you've accomplished for them. I pray for them. Anybody listening right now? The Lord says, listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Uh, I have transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I have given you my life. You have that life within you. There's no condemnation in for those who are in Christ. And there isn't one thing that you can add that will cause me to love you more or please me more. So take a deep breath right now. Deep breath and breathe out all, all the lies that have to do with the fact that uh, I need to set the bar higher. I need to try a little more so that I can look my father in the eyes and, and see that he's approving of the life I've lived. When, Lord, you've accomplished all that through your son. I know it's hard to grasp. It's difficult to accept. But, Father, I'm praying for those who are listening right now that that they would enter your rest. Your rest is appropriated by trust, by believing that everything we are and are becoming and are doing is resting firmly on the total accomplishments of your son. Everything that Jesus Christ has done. Psalm 62, seven, on God my salvation and glory rest. You're the rock of my strength. You're, the, you're my refuge. If that's true from your word, Lord, then why has rest been forgotten? Why have we not heard, either heard this invitation nor participated in it? I take my worries, I bring my anxieties and all my burdens, self-inflicted burdens, and I lay them at your feet, Lord. Uh, I pray that I can leave them here as I'm invested 
uh, um, as I'm uh, stepping in now to a place where you couldn't love me more, you couldn't be more pleased with my life. You just want me to trust you. You just want my heart. And I can rest securely from this point on. Lord, do not let Satan rob those who have forgotten your rest of entering it now. We thank you, Lord, that our rest is based on our confidence in your finished work and your love for us. Thank you for the believer's rest in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hi, everybody. Don Biggie here. Um, I've got a story to tell you about the Lord's rest. You know, um, the more I preach and talk and encounter the gospel for myself, uh, yes, preach the gospel to myself, uh, the deeper I find the Lord taking me, that there are aspects of the gospel that are attached to Jesus' heart for us and what he intended the gospel to accomplish in our lives. Um, last month we talked about freedom, um, freedom from any sort of performance mentality because we've been set free from all those kinds of things that would bind us down in legalism or something that we think might cause God to love us more or, or be more pleased with the way we're living. But we've discovered that it's Christ's accomplishments that give us that freedom. Well, it's the same thing with the rest of God. Uh, James Harvey, my buddy, our CEO, the agency I'm with, uh, Blazing Trees, he calls it the forgotten rest of God. Um, this idea of, of what it means to rest in him seems to be missing from so much uh, of the chaos going on in people's lives. And frankly, all the discipling relationships I'm in right now, most of them have never had it. Uh, so it's not so much forgotten, it's something never encountered. Um, I've got a, a friend named Igor from Irkutsk, Russia. First time I met him, I walked into this austere, humble rehab home, and uh, there he was dancing across the floor, listening to some music. And the first thing I noticed is that, that Igor didn't have any fingers. Uh, this guy was scraped off the street uh, being an addict, and his fingers were black from frostbite, and, and, and they had frozen. So as he went through rehab, and he was healed, and he came to Christ, and he got saved, one of the first things that, that the guys did, who had also been set free from their addictions and shared the gospel with him, is this idea that the Lord wants you to enter into his rest. Now, rest doesn't mean laziness. It doesn't mean indifference. It doesn't mean that you're not active. It has to do with confidence in the one who saves you, or in other words, the God upon whom our, re our rest is based. Um, I think of, of Psalm 62, verse 7, on God, my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. And so as I'm watching this man dance across the floor with no fingers, it's because he had this complete confidence in this God of his salvation. He had rest in his soul because of what Christ had done for him. Um, Job eleven eighteen says, Then you would trust because there's hope and you would look around and rest securely. We, we can rest in Christ because he's trustworthy, because he is our hope. We can look around and see, hey, 
there's nothing that I can add to this. I can step into this place of beautiful, serene peace and rest because we can confidently understand that everything that needed to be done for God to make us his own has been done. Igor taught me that. Fingerless man with nothing but a Bible and a and a toothbrush to his name, dancing across the floor in Irkutsk, Russia, and Siberia, who understood the rest of God because it was part of what the gospel that was shared with him taught him. Eager, uh, at peace with the Lord, free in Christ, and enjoying the rest that, that comes with knowing Christ. Nothing we can add, nothing that we can do, but, but step right into that peace and confidence that comes from knowing that Christ has done it all. We belong to him. We're in him. He's in us. Nothing can be added to that or taken away. So um, my hope and prayer for all of you today is that you'd learn the lesson that my friend Igor did. Don't wait. Enter into the rest of the Lord now. Thanks for giving me a chance to share again. God bless you. Bye-bye. I'm thankful for Don's encouragement to identify people in our lives who have never experienced God's rest before. Father, we love you. Please put people in our path who don't know about your rest. Holy Spirit, help us to be advocates for your rest and guides into our Good Shepherd's restful pastures. Next, let's visit South Florida and pray with Brian, who will tell a story about chasing empty dreams. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for time with my family, my friends, and you. Lord, thank you for allowing me to speak with you. Please let us not take this for granted. You allow an open door for us to be with you one-on-one. You allow us to come to you through Christ Jesus who died a brutal death so that we have this amazing honor to be in a relationship with you. The deeper I dive into a relationship with you, Lord, the more you teach me about who you are, why you love us, and how things will be made right again. Lord, I'm deeply hurt that so many people of this world have rejected you. But I also know you support freedom and make people love you. You would not make people love you because that's not real freedom. You gave us free choice. That is an amazing choice we have. Lord, our world is so busy. We are busy working on worldly things. We are busy with our family activities. We are busy with things we don't even know why we're doing them. I'm guilty of this, Lord. I know I'm set apart from the world, but sometimes this world jumps back in and tells me lies. It tells me that I need to do more, I need to work more, I need to have my family do more, 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 more. Then you speak to me. You wait until I'm still. You wait until I come to you. You wait more patiently than any human can wait. Then you speak to me so clearly. Be still, because I am God. Be still, Brian. Embrace this rest that you have forgotten about. Be still. Be with my spirit. 
be still and rest my child. You're taught that rest is for the weak. We rest when the Great Commission is over. We rest when we have worked so hard that we pass out or burn out. Lord, I know this is not your heart. You speak about rest over and over in your word. You speak to us when you are resting. You speak to us about how you rested. And when we are resting, you reveal your secrets. When we are still, you reveal your secrets. You spoke to your son Jesus over and over in this way. You are now speaking to us in this way. Lord, I pray that all of our brothers and sisters in the world will remember this forgotten rest. I pray that you will remind them. You asked me to pray about this today, and I pray that others hear these words and are encouraged to rest and spend time with you, and that you speak so very, very clearly to them when they are doing this, when they are in rest. In Jesus' name lift this up. Amen. Hi, this is Brian, and I would like to share a story with you about forgotten rest. The story that I have today is not about anyone in particular. It's just an observation. I'm observing a world that defines itself by possessions. How much you have is in proportion with how the world sees you as successful or not. What I'm observing, though, is that many who have obtained extraordinary amounts of possessions and get to what most people deem as the top and they say to themselves what else what else is there I have everything the world can offer me and now what else is there because I don't feel satisfied I've heard this story over and over because I create art for many people like this and when I do, I engage in conversation with them. I also teach art in an independent school where most students' families are very wealthy. In my own life, I can imagine this at a smaller scale, maybe. Um, <clears throat> I get it in my head that this, I need this certain thing. Uh, I have to work really hard for it, then buy it. Um, the thing is pretty darn cool for a day or a month or or however long, but and after that it's just there. It's just something you thought would change everything, but you don't even really see it anymore. This possession did not do what I thought it would do. The reality in this thing was that it was part of my imagination. I imagined it, it would be something that it was not. So why are we chasing possessions? Why do we keep chasing things that fade away and don't mean anything? Worst of all, we spend so much time to acquire them. Um, we're so busy with this that many of us burn ourselves out. If we can keep from burnout and get to, you know, quote unquote, the top, then we're disappointed when we get there because it's not what we imagined it would be. You see, God gave us his gift of rest. We have forgotten this as human beings. He showed us how to rest, and he sent Jesus, who showed us how to rest, often for very long periods of time. Why didn't we get the memo? A good friend of mine, uh, James, 
who's also on this podcast reminded me of this a long time ago. And what I found is that when I rest, sometimes for long periods of time, that is when God speaks to me. Can you believe that? The creator of everything speaks to me. I don't know about you, but that is the craziest thing I could ever imagine. It's also the most fulfilling. There is no possession that can replace sitting alone and resting with the Spirit, the Creator. Let's stop chasing the things of this world and let's be still. Be still and rest. Listen to how God wants to speak to you. You won't regret it. Thank you for listening to my story today. I am encouraged by Brian's advice to set apart some time and evaluate our dreams of the future, to let go of treasuring the world's wealth, and to seek satisfaction and fulfillment in Christ alone. Next, let's visit Birmingham, Alabama and pray with Renee, who will tell a story about moving overseas and establishing her family in a new culture. I want to read this poem as a, as a prayer for rest. A faint dream for many, a treasured commodity in a fallen world, a thing so needed yet so easily interrupted. The garden was a place of rest. No violence in creation, no weed or thorn, no cleft between God and man, no reason to hide, no cause for fear, no need unmet, no grief to face, bright sun, pure love, unfettered peace, unstained beauty, man and God, worship and love. But a voice interrupted the rest, strategies of death, words of deceit, Actions of rebellion, fingers of blame, expulsion from the garden, judgment and death, rest interrupted, rest shattered. So we wait for the Lord, His grace strengthens, His presence comforts, His promises assure, His power activates, and His rule guarantees that someday rest, real rest, pure rest, eternal rest will reign once more. No violence in creation, no weed or thorn, no cleft between God and man, no reason to hide, no cause for fear, no need unmet, no grief to face between God and man. Yes, rest, true rest, will live again and last forever. So we wait for the Lord to restore us to that place. Bright sun, pure love, unfettered peace, unstained beauty, God and man, together forever, until that day with hearts that are strong and hope that is undimmed and joy that embraces the future. We wait for the Lord. Lord, give us that rest between God and man. I'm reminded of a time when I learned about rest in a most peculiar way. My husband and I had moved to Korea, South Korea, as missionaries in 2003. 
And in 2003, we were excited. Um, it was new. You know, there was like the world to conquer, right? And so we, uh, we landed there and we were unpacking and trying to make a home and, you know, get to work and do all these things. And we ran into a, a seasoned, younger, but seasoned missionary. And she gave us some advice. And she's like, you just got here. What you need to do, the most important thing for you to do right now is to, every afternoon or day, take a nap. And we thought, that's interesting. Take a nap. That really wasn't on our radar. But we did notice after a few more days that we we were tired. Like, we were still young. We shouldn't have been tired, but we were tired. And... Um, and what she said made a lot of sense. She's like, you're in a new culture. Every sound you hear is unfamiliar to you. Every sight you see is new to your eyes. Everything you taste is a new sense of, or a new taste for you. Smells are different. Like every sense in your body is being bombarded with something new. And it tires you out. And so we pondered that for a day or two as we were getting more and more tired and we thought you know we're gonna take her up on that and we're just gonna take a rest in the afternoon and can I tell you it was transformational and then when we were out and about like we could really um just overcome those new senses so much easier and acclimate to the culture so much easier by resting. And so, so many times we think we can just plow through the tiredness and the weariness and, and that. And really, the Lord, of course, always has the best plan. And the Lord is so gracious to us and, and to teach us about rest, Shabbat, right? And um, taking that rest so that for the rest of the time, we can go forward a lot quicker, a lot faster, a lot easier a lot um, just peacefully than if we were to, to plunge on ahead without resting. And so that's one way I just learned rest. And, and then I, you know, I started to think about how this is really not our home, that we are sojourners on this planet for a period of time. And, and in that, we, we think in some ways we've got to get so much done in this finite time that we have called life. And it's true, but at the same time, what what the Lord is really calling us to is to rest, rest in Him, rest in um, knowing that He's got us, He's got our back, and that we do not have to strive. And if we rest in Him, really, the work that we have to do will be so much um, easier. So that was a little lesson we learned on rest, and it seemed odd at the time, but can I tell you, that was good advice. I am encouraged by Renee's story about a new friend who gave her family space to rest and recover from their move to a whole new world. Next, let's visit Raleigh, North Carolina and pray with Mike, who will tell a story about the many challenges of resting in survival seasons and persecution environments. 
Lord, help me pray about rest because this is definitely something that I need more of. It's definitely something um, uh, that is fleeting in my day to day. And I need you more than ever uh, each and every day. Uh, the Every year, Lord, it seems like the weight of the world just crushes and uh, just my body aches and longs for the redemption. Um, my mind even groans sometimes. It's just, oh my gosh, uh, when is it going to end? Uh, but even like looking out on the world and like how much work to be done. And it's not like, like work, like, oh, there's so much work, but oh, the passions that you have given me towards the ends of the earth and how much the Lord help me understand you more as far as there's no way that I'm going to be able to do all the things you have for me if I don't rest in you and your spirit does it through me. Uh, Lord, help me just with that realization each and every day that my effectiveness and my drive to be great is put in by you and thank you for that. But the way for greatness is humility. The way to greatness is rest. The world says to be great is to conquer and overcome and one-upmanship, one but you have reversed it. Or I should say the world, the enemy has reversed it and uh, we need to re-reverse it back to what it was supposed to be. And the way up is down. So help teach me humility. Slay the pride within us so we can see and understand that it is not us. And when people come to us and say, wow, what a wonderful whatever, and oh, you're so skilled and you're great at this, that we don't accept that praise, uh, but we put it back on you and we cast our crowns before you knowing that anything good inside of us is because of the Spirit. And we want more of the Spirit. May we herald more of a, a persecution mindset and not be so comfortable because we know that you use persecution to refine the gold in the fire and bur the burning away the dross and, and the, the, the gunk uh, in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds to produce this precious gold. Just like the olive and how uh, you give the visualization of an olive that is crushed and what comes out of that crushed olive is the oil of the spirit and how uh, may I have a posture, Father, of, or may we have a posture of like what we've heard from the underground church saying, oh, we pray, we, we don't ask for prayer to remove persecution. We thank God for ISIS. We thank God for the Ayatollah because we know that the crushing of the persecution brings us closer to, to the Father and brings more power out of us because as we get crushed, as the olive gets crushed, the oil comes forth, the oil of the Spirit and the more powerful I get within the persecution. May we not neglect the persecution. Lord, the West is so comfortable and we, we, we love the prosperity gospel and what it says because it gives us the comfort and gives us the power. Uh, but Lord, may we herald a new age of acceptance of being comfortable with the uncomfortable that we bring, we understand that when we, when you talk about the symbolism of baptism, that it's actually um, the celebration of our funeral. That it's not something that we, oh, let's little Johnny come into the river and it's some fantastic, wonderful thing. That, but we, 
It is, Father, but you have shown us that it, what it really is representing is the death to ourselves, not just a celebration of your death, but an actual funeral of ourselves. And when we come out of that water, we're new. And when we take communion, it's representing death and talks about drinking of the blood and, and can we drink the cup? And then it talks about how carrying the cross, picking up your cross daily. These are all death and persecution things. And may we understand how you use these things to help us and you use these things to help us grow. So help us live within that because we want to be effective. We want to bring forth the Great Commission, but we can't do it under our own power. Uh, we can't do it being comfortable because we just don't grow. And as you brought persecution to the early church because it, it, it wouldn't move and you brought persecution to scatter it, Lord, if you need to bring persecution and the day that we are recording this it sure looks like there's a uh, massive shaking going on in the world so maybe have eyes to see what you're doing around the world um, so we don't look at just the negative things of what media might push to us but we actually have spiritual eyes to say the spirits up to something how do we engage in this what are you doing Lord so help us uh, give us dreams and visions uh, in this day and time because we know that we are getting close to the Maranatha cry of you coming. Um, is the beacon sound, has the beacon sounded from the ark for the animals to come? Uh, has that beacon sounded that the people are getting excited and ready for your return? But we know that some uh, pretty crazy things happen. So grow us, grow us in maturity so that the crazy things don't shake us, so it doesn't breed apathy within the church to say, oh, I feel stuck, no matter what I do, I'm gonna get persecuted. It's, it doesn't matter, maybe be comfortable with persecution, then we knowing that you, the Spirit is with us and who can be against us. So we thank you, God, for the time we live in and the position you've put us in. May we understand how powerful you are and the power we have access to in your Son's name, amen. Hey fam, I wanted to give a quick story about uh, rest, or should I say the lack of uh, rest. Uh, if any of you listening have been a part of or on the staff of a church, uh, rest is definitely something that is uh, doesn't happen too often and really is the detriment uh, the de detriment of ministry and discipleship. So I've been on staff for a while. I'm currently not on staff anymore. Um, not knocking being on staff, uh, but there is a, a typical mindset uh, that I've heard over uh, the 19 plus years that I've been in ministry. And that is, oh, we'll rest in heaven, right? Almost like um, a banner of working hard as like a honor and if you're not working hard uh then you're not working then then you're not faithful or right there's like shame that comes behind it and uh you know one of my friends would always say that you know like no i, I just put up the sails and 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 the spirit will blow and move me forward um 
but then he'll follow that up with, um, um, you know, that we can, we'll rest in heaven. Uh, so it's this, this understanding of, okay, we want the spirit with us, but we're so much in survival mode that it, uh, it is creating massive amounts of burnout. And that's what we saw, or that's what I saw in my friend. I've seen that in many, many, many of my friends. Uh, I see that across the board, uh, just in church itself. We see that 1,500 pastors uh, leave the ministry every month. We see burnout. 98% of pastors will say that they're burnt out. So rest, I mean, tell stories of rest. My story just is about the global church, at least the church in the West, how there is no rest, how we live within survival mode, how we don't live within the rest of the spirit. Uh, we don't understand uh, the power we actually have access to. And it's because of an identity issue. It's because our identity lies in what we do for God and not who he is. So we don't really know how to rest. Um, this is the beauty of... Uh, of blazing trees and uh, some of the tools that they have, they really help understand what resting and having freedom in the spirit really means. And uh, James will say being soaked or bathed in the spirit or just hanging out um, in the rivers of the spirit. Uh, and that terminology is beautiful because if you're a staff member, you're typically when you're in that survival mode, you have all these tasks you have to pull off. And it turns into pulling off. And that's why discipleship really is um, non-existent or a gaping hole in the church. Because, it, you know, you it's based on because you have all these tasks. So then you look at the people that are around you that you should be discipling. But it, it's instead of discipling, uh, it's turned into a transaction. So the love that we're supposed to have for one another, uh, that's unconditional it's now turns into transactional because we're in the survival mode. So in that transactional, if you live within the transaction and you work and I'll do this, if you do this type of feeling, then you're being poured out. If you're not being poured in and you're pouring out, right? Because staff members, they want to serve the Lord. The heart is pure for the most part, right? Pastors' hearts are pure and they want to serve and they want to be there for people. Uh, and they're pouring out and pouring out. Uh, but when you're pouring out, you're not being poured in, then you get empty. And that is the formula of burnout. That's when burnout happens. That's when you get frustrated. That's when the enemy can bring in the seeds of bitterness and let that fester. Uh, so that's the, that's the trend really that we see. And, and really the, the reason why churches, don't see the power of the spirit moving like we see in the Middle East or in the persecuted areas of the world because they have to rely on the spirit for the life, right? God is just not a thing they do. They're not 10% Christians. I'll give 10% of my money and 10% and of my time and I'm good. But they they understand that if Christ isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. 
type of mentality. So they give of themselves fully to him and they have to pray. They have to fast. These are the things that the persecuted church in the underground in Iran talks about. I have to do these things because if I don't, I die. So the reliance of the spirit and the relationship building with the Lord is pivotal. Um, so it's like if, you know, I get married and I got the certificate, the marriage certificate, and I went through the ceremony, but then I never really, um, like just hang out with my wife and never really develop that relationship deeper and get to know her and serve her at a, at a, at a, not as a transaction. Well, okay, well, I'll clean the dishes if you cook me the meal and that type of transaction. No, I simply just want to hang out. Hey, I just want to be with you. Let's watch a movie together. Let's hang out. And that the deep relationship with God and understanding who he is, his promises, the covenants that he's laid out for us. Um, that is the source of our power as we hang out and understand him deeper and the knowledge of who he is. Then the spirit comes alive and then we can be filled and we, we pour out an overflow. So those, that's the story is based on uh, just what I've seen within the church and how it turns south uh, very quickly and how the enemy kind of comes in and, and uh, turns something pure, a heart that's pure into something that's frustrated and burnt out and uh, there's no power behind it anymore. And then there's there's believers that just walk away from, from the church for many other reasons, right? Uh, but that's uh that's my story of rest, but it's really the lack of rest. But how do you do it? I explained. Um, we got to just sit and hang out with the Lord and get to know Him, not to produce a sermon for a group or for an event or something, not to read the scriptures uh, uh, towards something that's required of you, but hanging out and just because. Right. Because you love him unconditionally and you just want that's the steps that will move you closer to him and fill you up so we can live in the freedom of the spirit. I am encouraged by Mike's deep love for the persecuted church and his story about how those involved in spiritual warfare must rest and refresh or they burn out and die. I'm also encouraged by Mike's insights into the essential distinction between transaction and covenant in our relationships. Now, let's return to South Florida. Pray with me, and I'll tell you a story of when my zealous Great Commission crusading drove me into a hospital bed where I almost died. Next my beloved bride and best friend, Jen, will read a Bible story about a prophet who wanted to give up on his mission, and he asked God to take his life. Heavenly Father, the first time I went to record this prayer on rest, it didn't record it. I feel like there's some spiritual warfare around this moment where you want me to pray blessings of restfulness over my generation. So, Heavenly Father, I ask you to be that wall of fire around this time of prayer. 
and around this time where anyone would will be listening to this prayer of rest that we'd be able to focus in and, and hear what you're saying God Heavenly Father you are awesome and almighty you are amazing and incredible you are awesome you inspire awe and wonder at your glory Father we want to thank you for the gift of rest you breathed out all the stars and gave them unique names you created the sea and the land and all the planets of our solar system you created light and dark you created everything that exists on this spinning blue planet around the Sun you created Adam and Eve and then you took a step back you looked at everything you had made and you said this is good this is going to bring me glory and you rested you didn't go to sleep you didn't become unconscious you rested in consciousness you paused in your creation to enjoy what you had done father our world is insanely addicted to busyness right now it is performance it is constantly connected to media sources news conversations happening on social media platforms it is very easy for us to be addicted to constantly doing things from the moment we awaken in the morning to the moment we pass out unconscious at night you have given us the gift and the calling to a lifestyle of rest it's not sleep it's not being unconscious it is practicing your presence God it is an awareness that Holy Spirit you are with every disciple of Jesus and Holy Spirit you are pursuing every human soul worldwide it is practicing your presence it is allowing you Lord Jesus to reset our values and our beliefs on the good news that Jesus satisfies because Jesus saves and there is truly nothing that we need beside Jesus but we don't really live that way we get distracted from that and there is so much spiritual warfare against this lifestyle that you've invited us into called Sabbath there's all these moments in the Psalms where a songwriter is singing a song of worship and then they say Selah or they say interlude it's a it's a pause it's a moment of rest it is a moment of stepping back and reflecting it's a moment Holy Spirit where you're saying wait wait a minute don't move on from this don't miss this the father has something specific for you to see and if you move on too quickly you're going to miss this opportunity to dive deeply into the heart of God to explore another dimension of the mystery and the glory and the beauty and the splendor of the kingdom of heaven flowing to earth as a river Lord we need help we need intervention our generation needs you to act 
in a way, Lord, where we can respond and we don't know how to do that because there's more and more and more opportunities and open doors every day online and in this world society to disconnect from the Spirit and connect to the world. And so, Father, our prayer is help us to rest. Teach us how to rest. Forgive us for we have forgotten rest. Forgive us because we have rejected your rest. Thank you, Lord, that every day has fresh grace and new mercy. And we need this amazing grace right now, God. We need to receive your marvelous mercy. And so, Lord, have your way in your people. Teach us how to rest once again, not as an event, not as a temporary season of our lives, but a lifestyle and a culture of the church all of our days throughout our generations. We love you, Lord. We receive your rest. Yes, Lord, we rest right now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, trust, and believe. Amen. I'd like to tell you my story about the time I almost died. Several years ago, I was serving our Lord as a church planter among refugee and immigrant people groups in South Nashville, Tennessee, in the United States. And in this season of my life, I was trying so hard just to do everything I could in the Great Commission. I was prayer walking. I was walking through neighborhoods trying to find people of peace, according to Luke 10, that would open up their homes to a Bible study. I was teaching English twice a week to a refugee people group from the Middle East. I was working at a church on staff. I was teaching at a Bible college. I was serving as a leadership trainer and resource developer for a national mission agency. I'd been married for several years, and our son Aiden had recently been born, and he was a little over a year old, so he was still just a baby. And I got sick. I started to experience this extreme pain, and it didn't go away. You know, when you, when you first start to experience something wrong with your body, you're not, you don't know what it is, and you don't know uh, what you're supposed to do. And, and sometimes if you're hard-headed like me, you may not try to treat it at first. You may just try to deal with it and keep going, but I couldn't. It was really bad. The pain was so intense. It got to a point where I couldn't even keep my eyes open anymore, and whatever medicine I took couldn't help. And so finally, my wife Jen, I asked her, and she took me to the emergency room, and they admitted me into a room, and they started doing some testing. Well, it was eight hours of testing until they did a spinal tap and found that I'd been infected with viral meningitis. Immediately, now I had had family come to visit me, Jen, and been there with my my baby son, Aiden, and they gave everybody masks and said, you need to go to your doctor right now. If you've been anywhere near James in the last week, you need to go get yourself tested for meningitis. Um, they put me into an isolation unit in, a, in that hospital, and they put me on morphine to help me with the pain management. 
And uh, the doctor came in that first night in that isolation unit and said, James, you need to prepare yourself. You might die tonight. And later I found out that some folks in a nearby town had gotten a different strain of meningitis and, and had actually died. And even on very heavy morphine medication, that, that pain was still intense. I couldn't even walk. My wife had to go to the downtown hospital, to the children's hospital, and get Aiden tested and her tested. And I just praised the Lord that no one else in my family caught what I had. Over the next five weeks, I began to recover. I was in the hospital maybe four or five days, and then they sent me home on medication. And I had to be in a room I, uh, that was dark 24-7. If I saw any light, I would have a migraine. I had to crawl to the bathroom on my arms and hands and belly. And it was just so intense. I couldn't even drive a car for months afterwards. And I remember in the dark, in the pain at home, unable to walk, crying out to God and saying, God, why? Why did you allow this to happen? I, I've been serving you. I'm trying to be a good man. I'm, I'm trying to do your will. I'm trying to be uh, out there reaching people for Christ. I'm trying to help people in their ministries. I'm trying to create resources and serve uh, the local church. What, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong to deserve this? And this is one of the first times in my life where I really encountered the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I remember the Holy Spirit asking me, James, when was the last time you took, you took a day off? And as I began to reflect on the last few months, I realized I had been working seven days a week for four months. No days off, no dates with my wife, no breaks from early in the morning until late at night. I had been working three, four jobs, outreaches, conversations, trips, and I realized I had not been resting. I had literally forgotten how to rest. I didn't even realize I needed it. And in the dark, I memorized Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And there he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for the sake of his name and his glory. Especially when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid, because you are with me, Lord. Your shepherd's rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a banquet table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, my life, and I will dwell in heaven with you forever. I'll never forget that time in my life, my brothers and sisters. And I learned how to rest, and I began to go on a, on a um, journey to discover Sabbath, discover that I needed a 24 to 36-hour window in my week where I was going what I call off the grid, not available for ministry or, or leadership communications, just resting, re deep diving in the presence of God, refreshing, letting the Spirit fill me afresh. Rhythms of rest weekly, rhythms of rest daily, resting in the morning and resting in the evenings. Now, as I serve the Lord, there is so much rest. And I feel like what God has done through that is He's taught me 
how to flow with Him, how to move with Him, how to take every step with the Spirit. And because I am resting in the Father, I'm resting in my Savior and my, my counselor and my teacher and my life shepherd and my, my destiny navigator, I feel that the Lord is nurturing more and more Sabbath rest in me, not just as an event or a day of the week, but a lifestyle so that I can operate in His power, so that I can focus on Him, and so His life and His leadership can flow through me, so that James Harvey can get out of the way and just be a vessel for what God wants to do in the lives of those around me unto the ends of the earth. And so my encouragement to us is rest rediscover Sabbath rest. Do whatever it takes. Let go of whatever you've been doing that may be a barrier to this. If there's one thing you're going to do in your life that you're going to seek to put into practice, let it be entering into and remaining in the rest of God. Listen to this story in 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread, baked on hot stones, and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him, and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? From the New Living Translation of the Bible. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we grow weary and become overwhelmed. There are seasons of life filled with fear and anxiety, and we don't know what to do next. Here's some good news. 
Jesus is our healing refuge, the safe sanctuary for our souls. We can enter into his rest anywhere, anytime. No matter where you are today, whatever you're struggling with, God's rest is available to you right now. Let's enter into his rest, receive his love, remember his promises, experience his peace, and be refreshed in the Holy Spirit right now. Dear friends, it's been our joy and delight to pray with you and share our lives and experiences. My hope is that these rhythms of praying together and telling stories will encourage your heart and inspire you to pray more often and tell your stories to those around you. I also pray that after today, you will rest. May these prayers and stories be a light shining brightly in dark places, a healing refuge for wounded warriors, and a refreshing sanctuary for trailblazing pilgrims. Grace and peace to you and your family. Let's keep praying and telling Jesus' stories to all nations until our Messiah King returns. Shalom, Maranatha. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Pray Tell Stories podcast. We hope these prayers and stories have refreshed your spirit and encouraged your heart as you follow Jesus and make disciples of all nations. Remember to be yourself, enjoy your family and friends, rest in the Lord and listen faithfully to his voice as we journey together in the Holy Spirit's freedom. Would you like to send us some feedback on the show? Please visit anchor.fm forward slash pray tell and click the voice message button to leave us a question or a comment. Who knows, we might feature your voice on a future episode. Would you like to support the show? Please visit blazingtrees.org forward slash give and make your donation today. We are deeply grateful for your generosity. Until next time, keep praying and telling stories. We love you. Grace and peace to you and your family. Maranatha.